Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Good morning. Such a wonderful, beautiful, sunny day. My wife heard I was preaching, so she left town. So that's all good. At least you're here. So have you ever heard anyone say, I think my guardian angel needs a vacation? I think it's because we're so busy in our daily lives, and in all that busyness, we sometimes take risks, shortcuts that are somewhat suspect. Maybe in our travels, our work, and our relationships, we hope something or someone is watching and helping us take those careful steps. We pray that we make good decisions, that God protects us from ourselves, and we often take for granted how powerful prayer can be. I mean, we all know that God listens. He always listens to us, but we secretly hope He responds how we want. We hope and pray that the things in our life that seem so difficult or create an obstacle will be taken care of. Or that God deals with those we consider our enemies so we don't have to deal with them. Prayer is powerful. We'll see just how powerful it is. We'll be looking at Acts 12 starting with verse 12. And as you turn there, I'll pray for us. Father, Lord, again, thank you for always the opportunity for us to lift these prayers up to you, Lord, so that we may be able to, to speak with you freely, ask things that we desire, and ask, Lord, that we hope that uh, our friends and loved ones who don't know you, Lord, that uh, they'll come to know you. And, Lord, we thank you for each and every possible opportunity that you've given us to do so, to invite them to know you as we hope that we do. And Lord, I hope that this time that we have together has always some meaning for someone out there who doesn't necessarily know how to pray or what to pray for. But Lord, we know that through prayer, we can speak with you. And through that prayer, you speak back. And we thank you always for everything. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. So when we last left off, Jim was talking about Peter being in jail. That was a while back, right? If only for a short time, though. James had, been, had just been killed. Peter was imprisoned by Herod, but not the Herod that was responsible for trying to kill Jesus when he was a baby. No, this was his grandson. This is uh, Herod Agrippa. He's waiting to kill Peter, but not wanting to allow for any escape or attempt to break him out. Herod wasn't taking any chances. Now, this is what's cool about this. Peter is sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains and handcuffs, and there were at least 16 other guards guarding him. Yet the scripture says he is sleeping. Now, he is either exhausted, which is possible, Or he has totally resigned the fact that God is in control. It reminds me of Jesus on the boat during the storm, Matthew 8, 24. And suddenly a great tempest arose, and 
on the sea so that the boat was covered with waves. But he was asleep. That's peace. Imagine waking up to a miracle and having an angel for your alarm clock. (laughs) This is exactly what happened to Peter. An angel, the answer that was given to the church, appears. He wakes Peter up. The handcuffs fall off. Now, this is where I was going to bring some change and drop them to hear what happens, but you can imagine. He leads Peter past all of the guards through the iron gate, an iron gate, leading him through the city down one street, all the while not even being noticed by any of the guards. Isn't that a miracle? Hmm. So let's look at uh, Acts 12. 12. So... When he had considered all this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together, praying. And as Peter knocked on the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer. Prayer grants gladness in times of distress. As Peter followed the angel, God opened the way. And when Peter was free, the angel vanished. His work had been done. And now it was up to Peter to trust the Lord and use his common sense. Peter was like, did that just really happen? You know, he had to come to his senses. He was, wouldn't you be a little freaked out? (laughs) So as Peter does come to his senses, he realizes it wasn't a dream after all. And then he goes to the house of Mary, the mother of John Mark. They are all praying for him. Remember, the church has thousands of members by this time. For the first 300 years, they don't have a church building. What do you think they met? They met in homes, places like that, in secret still. The whole time they're thinking Peter will be killed. They were still praying. There was stress and uneasiness, yet they were still praying. God was listening. Then Rhoda, her name means Rose, who had to have the courage to answer that knock on that gate. Think about it. It could have been the Roman soldiers coming to arrest them. Yet she still answered. Like I mentioned before, God again provides the right person at the right time. She was probably the only one to have the courage to come and answer or who wasn't busy praying. She was given the strength to act in a time of distress. We, too, can find that strength and gladness in our time of distress if we trust in God. Verse 14. When she recognized Peter's voice because of her gladness, she did not open the gate. What? (laughs) But ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. Verse 15. But they said to her, you're beside yourself. Yet she kept insisting that it was so. So they said, it is his angel. Now Peter continued knocking and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Oh, yeah. Prayer responds with results 
even when we don't expect them. Prayer responds with results, even when we don't expect them. Poor Rhoda. She recognized Peter's voice. She was so excited. How excited can you be? Let's jump around and get excited and run around and tell people, oh, I forgot to open the gate. (laughs) She was in disbelief. All due to prayers of others, Peter stood there. But at this point, I didn't realize Peter wasn't the recipient of those prayer, the benefit of, that, of those prayers. But rather, it was Rhoda. She was so overjoyed that Peter was at the door and was free that she forgot to open the door even when she reported the news, they said she was beside herself. She must have been extremely exuberant. You know, there are times in our lives when the Lord can and does bring real gladness, even out of, out of distress and sadness. This is not to say that all feelings of sorrow or distress will completely go away. They may never. But we ask... Anyway, it should be given, it should give us hope to know that it is possible. So here they are, they're praying. Yet when, it come, when he comes to the door, they don't believe it's him. So here Peter knocks on the door, and he knocks again, and he knocks again, until they finally do come answer the door. He finally does come in and into the house and Peter has to quiet them down because they are so excited. Those who had been engaged in constant prayer were certainly praying for Peter, but they also, were, they also certainly knew that God was able to deliver him even from, their, from the direst of circumstances. But for some reason, when God responded to their prayers, they didn't anticipate the results he brought. I mean, they were praying for this, and there he stood, but they didn't believe it. It goes as far as to say as they were astonished. When they saw him, notice it doesn't record, it's not recorded there that they were rejoicing. (laughs) I am sure that they, that likely came later. But, and the initial response was nothing like Rhoda's. We notice that. We should not be surprised when God does what it is we have asked him to do. Too often we ask things of God that we know he can do, but don't really believe he will. Verse 17. But motioning to them with his hand, keep silent, he declares to them, how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, go tell these things to James and to the brethren. And he departed and went another way, another place. Prayer will always be beneficial. But sometimes you have to listen to God's response. (laughs) Apparently everyone began speaking at once. And Peter had to silence them. He quickly gave an account of the miracle of his deliverance. 
and no doubt thanked them for their prayers. He told them to get the word out to James, the half-brother of Jesus. He was the uh, leader of the assembly in Jerusalem. After prayer, we must listen to what God, God's response is. But not wait for what we want his response to be. We sometimes like to pray about things we want to see happen. Or we just want for ourselves. But we have to want what God wants. Isaiah 55, 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways my ways, says the Lord. But this also shows us how we should pray, especially for those in leadership, our bosses, our church and community leaders, our state, and, of course, our presidential leaders, like it or not. And we wait for his response. Psalm 27, 14 Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Verse 18. Then as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers about what had become of Peter. But when Herod had searched for him and and not found him, he examined the guards and commanded that they should be put to death. And he went down from Judea to Caesarea, and he stayed there. Prayer delivers defeat to the enemy. When Peter wrote this, I'm pretty sure he was thinking about what had happened. 1 Peter 3.12 says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. When the next guard came in and awoke the previous guards, to say the least, there was a stir. I'd say so. (laughs) There was probably a major panic going on. The prisoner was gone. How can a prisoner chained to two guards and guarded by 16 more and the doors locked escape? Houdini, huh? Yeah. Nope. If a guard permitted a prisoner to escape, Roman law required that he receive the same punishment the prisoner would have received, even if it were to death. Even though this law didn't apply necessarily to Herod's jurisdiction, the king didn't have to uh, insist on killing the guards. Being a Herod, he did it anyway. Instead of killing one man, to please the Jews, he killed four and maybe hoped it would please them even more. But Herod left to Caesarea. He had been beaten by God, just as his grandfather. We'll see what happens to him later. Proverbs 11.8 The righteous is delivered from trouble and it comes to the wicked instead. Even though the early church was growing in numbers and power, there was no possibility for them to overthrow the earthly powers and avenge the wrongs that have been committed against them. It wasn't even a desire of them. However, God is in control. And he made clear to Herod and those involved that their power was not enough to keep him from accomplishing what he wanted. We should live our lives 
understanding that the battle is not ours to fight. It's the Lord's. And the cool thing is, the victory has already been won. Life is full of unexpected events. No kidding. Here in Acts, we see that the church is spreading, like I said. God is moving in a powerful way. Things are going well. Until James and Peter and some of the others from the church are arrested. James is beheaded and Peter is waiting the same fate. Now, we in America don't know a lot about uh, being persecuted. Some, but not all. Others around the world do. But that doesn't mean it can't happen to us. Although we don't know a lot about persecution, we do know a lot about unexpected events. We do know about crises that come into our lives. We've all experienced those crises, things beyond our control. Many of you are probably going through a crisis right now. Maybe you're going through a crisis on your belief, where God is revealing himself to you. He has brought you to a place in your life where you need to decide what you believe about him, what you believe about Jesus, and what, you, what he wants you to believe. These crises come in many forms, as we all know. And some of them will eventually roll your way. We are all candidates for them. We live in a world that is imperfect. It is sinful. It is, it has its highs and lows. We're all going to go through a crisis. Yet, in the midst of the unexpected event in Peter's life, what do we see? We see the church doing exactly what it's supposed to do. News got to them that one of their leaders, James, had been killed. And Peter and some of the others were in prison waiting for the same fate. So what do they do? They get the word out. Keep in mind, they met from house to house. They didn't have email. They didn't have cell phones or social media. And they had to do it all in secret, too. Word quickly spread throughout the city that the need, there was a need for prayer, that they needed to pray. Word got out to twelve to 15,000 people in a matter of probably hours that they had a need on their hands and they had to pray for it. Imagine what it would be like today with our devices and social media. Those twelve to 15,000 could easily be 50 to 100,000 like that. So what happened? What next? The church responds. It does exactly what it's supposed to do. There are some things we are physically able to do, like take a meal over to someone's house or give a person a ride or visit someone in the hospital. But you know, there are some things that we can't physically do to help someone. Some things are just beyond our control. This is one of those times. They banded to pray. They came together to intercede on behalf of their brother Peter. What does intercede mean? It means you go before God on behalf of somebody else. If there's ever been a time that the church needs to pray, 
That time is right now. As a matter of fact, the church can't afford not to pray. The sinful condition of this world that we're living in, it should compel the church to get on her knees. The church must realize that prayers can't be answered unless they are prayed. It's through prayer that the church has made it this far. Yet the church meetings and prayer meetings have less less people in them than a convenience store at 3 o'clock in the morning. That means that they're empty. If the church wants to have knowledge of God's will, agreement with His design, enjoyment of His presence, and conformity to His image, then prayer must flow from the lips of the church, from our lips. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 Pray without what? Ceasing. Don't stop. They didn't. They continued to pray. And look what it got them. Pretty much exactly what they wanted. They just didn't know it. Prayer is key in the church's relationship with God. Prayer is how the church communicates with a holy and divine God. Prayer is how God chooses to hear the petitions of the church. And prayer is how the church makes her petitions known to God. All works together. If the church is the bride of Christ, then communication through prayer must exist. Without prayer, the church has no way of communicating her needs to God. And the church has no way of knowing what God wants her to do. The absence of prayer makes it difficult for the church to function and operate. Oh, what a difference there is when the church prays. The scriptures are filled with examples that can help the church today be what God wants it to be. 1 Timothy 2.8 I desire therefore that the man pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. That's the point. We've got to pray without doubting God's power. Pray for those who need prayer. Pray for ourselves because we definitely need it as well. All we need to do is read about it in the Word. All we need to do is pray about it for His sake. And then finally, all we need to do is be about it. Continue to pray. Continue to pray for yourselves. Continue to pray for those around you. Continue to pray for the leadership around you. Continue to pray for the entire world because it belongs to God and we need to give it back to Him. What we need to do is remember to pray. Let's do that right now. Father, Lord, thank you for this time together. Thank you for allowing the words to flow that you've provided and thank you so much for all that you continue to provide regardless of who we are and what we've done Lord thank you for loving us thank you for bringing us to a place where we know that we can't live without you and Lord we pray that we do everything according to your will that everything that we pray for is according to what you want and everything that that is prayed is not only listened to you but is given to you because that's what our sacrifice is, is our time to love you and honor you in every way we can. 
And we thank you always in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.